Oh, it's just another fun Saturday episode. I had to end it somewhat abruptly there at the end because I was getting a little too personal. It's the third segment. Just skip the first two, go to the third. Listen, last ten minutes. It's more old. It always happens. But it's Saturday. It's raining. This is a little segment that I like to call Stories from the Past. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for this special episode called Stories from the Past. In this episode, I'm going to talk about stories from the past. I'm going to talk about this thing. The first story is a train. It's a place that we called the train, and it was in high school. And I didn't find it. My friends told me about it. They took me there. There was about four of us. I think it was the first time I went, I think that the train came the first time. And it was nuts. What the train is, you have a bridge that goes... This was in Arizona. I'm not going to tell you where it is because I don't want anyone getting killed. There's a bridge over a canal. It was a train bridge. A train goes across it. And it's specific, only the train could. It was not cars and a train, or it was just a specific bridge specifically for the train. And I'm not, I don't know how wide it would have been, but wide enough for a full-size train to go right through, like speed through. And then there was a little bit of a gap or a little bit of space to walk along the side just a little bit, like three feet maybe, three like extra feet, I guess. So I don't know how wide that is, but train size plus three feet on each side. And the the whole thing, what we would do is stand on the bridge, the train would come by and you would be, your face would be like, what, a foot away? Or <laughs> Dude, it was the most dangerous thing. It was so freaking dangerous. And we were, what, 17, 18 years old? Skating and doing dangerous shit anyways, but it was it was nuts. And so we go there, and I was really curious because they would always talk about it. And I think the very first time the train came, and they're like, bling, bling, you got to hold on to the rails, like, and you're leaning back. So there's a canal, right, the bridge, and you're leaning on these, like, metal wires, um, to like you're leaning back and if you if the wires came loose or if something happened you would fall in the canal probably drown or something who knows I don't think it was very big though and the current probably wasn't too bad but either way if you fell off this railing these wires cables you'd fall into the water and who knows what happened there there's no alligators but yeah not, yeah anyway so you have to lean back while the train is inches away from your face, like inches away from your face. And they would always say, well, what if there's a chain like hanging off the side of the train, it's whipping, or there's like a pole. That's all, <laughs> dude, it was so dangerous. And we must've freaked the train drivers, like scared them to death. Cause we'd just be standing there and they'd blare in the horn and we'd be like, all right, here it comes. Man, how dangerous, but it was, it was, it was like, it was pretty terrifying, yeah. 
No one ever, we'd always say, if there's a chain off the side of the train, man, you get decapitated, man. If the whipping off the side would cut your head off if, you, if you're standing there. Like, that's what they would say before I ever went to the train, before I ever, ever experienced it for myself, a terrifying experience. So like, if there's a chain hanging off the side and it gets your leg and cuts your legs off, I'm thinking like, what? Dude, what are you guys talking about? What is that? What? How is it going to cut your legs off? The train, man. It's going so fast and you're just right there and you can't go anywhere. It gets caught and you get caught on the tracks. And, and then I did it. And I was like, oh, that's what they're talking about. Like a chain off the side. Yeah, that would probably mess you up pretty good. The pole side, you get decapitated. I actually took a date there once. And I don't know if I was with anybody, if it's just me and her, like a double date or something, but I think it happened that time too. I don't know if I took her on the bridge with me. Or the, I don't remember, yeah, but I did take a date there. I don't, yeah, I don't remember if the train actually came that time though. Staying there for long enough, the train's gonna come by, like it's a train track. It was a terrifying event. And it, it was, I thought maybe, maybe the train turned me into a man, but it didn't. I was expecting that story to take a little bit longer than half of a first segment, but I stand corrected. I guess I'll just drink this beer. I got some Coors Light. I'm, I'm, I got pretty wrecked last night. I'm pretty wrecked most of today. I don't, I might not sound wrecked, but I, um, I was pretty wrecked this morning. I know that much. Pretty freaking wrecked this morning. Oh, who cares? Like, what do I care at this point? Like, who freaking cares? Uh, I mean, I clearly do not care. Caring means that you have, like, something to lose. You have... There's, um... Something at stake, I think. Do I have anything at stake? No. Not anymore, not these days. Go to the train again, if I could. It's not around here, not in Utah. I'll just go there and be like, whoops, fell in front of the train. Whoopsie daisy. No, man, I've actually been on the tracks here in Salt Lake City. Um, I must have gone onto the tracks train in the morning back when I was working over, it was like 2012, I think. About 10 years ago. I would go, I had a pretty good schedule and I'd just skate down to the tracks and then ride that over to like West Jordan and hop on the bus and then that's where I'd go to work. So it was a pretty good route. I mean, I had a routine down. I'd get to work at like 15 minutes early and my job was to, my job was to call the patients in the morning and um, schedule exams and whatever. Um, and usually I just sit there and watch Netflix and take my f sweet freaking time calling people up and doing whatever. Um, it was back when it was unlimited streaming and I think Workaholics, I was watching Workaholics a bunch, like season one of Workaholics. I was really into it that, yeah. It's like right when it barely came onto Netflix, I thought it was so funny. Yeah, I, was at, I was at that age too. Well, one morning, it, the, the tracks would come down from the university hospital and then I would get on it around what, Trolley Square or something? Trolley Station? 
And it was, uh, there was a doctor, like I always sat in the same seat and it was the first car. It was the, yeah, the right in the, right in the front, the very first one. And there was a doctor who, or someone who worked at the hospital who wore scrubs and stuff. He was always there too. So we had like the same schedule, he and I. And I never really talked to him. I didn't get to know him at all, but we were just always on the train together. And I think I'd probably give him like the nod, like, oh, what's up, man? Oh, hey, what's up, man? You're here again to this morning, huh? It's cool. Good morning, man. What's up, man? I wish I was a real man, though. I, I probably thought I was a man back then, too. Not a real man. No, I was working back then, so I might have been at least, I was, I might have been a man back then because I was working full time. But was it a real job? I, I mean, it was a real job, but was I a real man? I probably wasn't a real man. So one morning where the train is just like, same routine, same speed, nothing out of the ordinary. And then all of a sudden, I think it was like 4,700 South, right before the big hospital over there, the Intermountain Medical Center, the big one, the train lurches forward and that the horn is blaring and like the train was, we were trying to stop and it was pretty obvious and like I'm holding on to the train, like holding on to the seat kind of because it just, it lurched, it totally lurched. There was this kid over at the Wedge skate park in Tempe, Arizona, Scottsdale, Scottsdale, Scottsdale like Tempe, he went right there and they used to always call him Lurch, and he did look like Lurch from the Adams Family. He did, he looked like Lurch, man. He, he was, they called him Lurch, and he was a BMX. He rode bikes, he didn't skate, but there's some, a lot of bikers there. Anyway, the train was lurching forward, and I'm like, okay, I get my grip and stuff, and I'm trying to get my balance. I'm like, looking out the window, like, what the hell? Like, what's going on? Like, we're trying to stop what's in the road or what, what are we doing? The, I can see the doctor on, on his side, like, peeking out, doing the same thing I'm doing. We're both like, what? Like, looking at each other, like, what's going on? Um, and then... And then... I heard this thud or a thump. And I was like, we just hit something. It, it was distinct. I was like, we just freaking hit something and I thought we probably hit a car or something and I'm looking out the window on my side hear the thump and then a, a moment split second later moments later but it went in slow motion man it was like in slow motion I I can't explain it I don't know why that is but really it was the way I remember it is like time just stopped for a second and it was in slow motion. I see this kind of an older looking gentleman, um, airborne uh, in the air. And he must have been about three or four feet away from the train, kind of falling at an angle. And I saw him midair, man. Like he wasn't on the ground at all. Um, it, it was kind of strange, man. It, I, it, there's, I've never experienced anything like that before. As far as like time just stopping, and he's probably like three feet off the ground, three or four feet away from the train, and he looked so peaceful. 
in the air like that. Like he looked, um, I can't explain it, man. I can't. And it, it might sound morbid. It might sound even wrong to say that he looked at peace or he looked peace. But I, I remember like, it looked like, I don't know, uh, like, um, just at peace. It was nuts. And then slow motion stops real time again. He hits the ground on his back and starts sliding through the rocks. You know, those rocks that are kind of next to the, those railroad ties that kind of build the mound and then the train tracks. So they're kind of bigger, kind of chunkier rocks. He hits the rocks on his back and then just slides. I don't know how many feet or I probably looked away at that point. And I probably like just said, I don't know. I, I remember saying specifically, like I did not just see that. I said it out loud. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who I was saying it to. I was just like, I did not just see that. And the doctor looks at me and like, yeah, you did. And I was like, oh, like, oh my gosh. So the, the train finally comes to a stop and the, the poor train driver, the conductor, engineer, whatever they're called, like um, the operator, uh, that's, that's gotta be tough to, to deal with. Um, he kind of comes out of the front operating area out of his door real quick and he's walking kind of briskly, um, looks concerned, doesn't look like nervous or like what could he have done? Cause we were definitely trying to stop. The horn was blaring and everything and you know, he did all he could do, but he was still moving quickly. And then I heard the doctor say something like, oh, oh yeah, I am. So like, I am a doctor, I think is what, but I heard him say that. And then they both went out of the train doors and went running over and it, yeah. It was the first time I've ever seen anything like that. And I just remember him being so peaceful, but so the train is gonna be stopped for a while now that that's happened. And I think I tweeted it out. I think I did. No, no pictures of it, but yeah, I don't know if it messed me up. Well, I'm pretty messed up all, as it is, but I don't know if it like traumatized me or had, I think it probably did for a little while, yeah. I think I started drinking kind of heavier. I was drinking a lot. I was drinking tons of Stoli back then. I was always drinking a bottle. Always, man. I was drinking so much vodka back then. It's weird. I don't even drink. I, I don't drink alcohol. It's just Coors Light. Just give me some, a can of Coors Light these days. Refreshing beer in the summertime, man. It's the most refreshing beer in the summer. The most refreshing beer anytime. But they didn't get too into the news and, and publish it too much because it was a suicide. And yeah, you're not, I guess, I don't know, whatever the rules are or the protocol is for that. Oh, it's raining. It's raining over here. Do you guys want to go outside in the rain? Oh, we'll, we'll break it down in the third segment, you know, how we do. But I do remember they have like a bus bridge that ends up coming along and they'll take you to your destination and stuff. And I was filling out some statements and something that the police gave me, but I was like, dude, I'm not, I'm not put, putting my information on. I was pretty paranoid back then too. 
Yeah. Believe it or not. Oh, did I trust the police back then? Oh, yeah, totally. I put all my information on there. Sucks, man. Ten, ten years and still just the same. Yeah. It's bullshit, dude. But this bus ends up taking me directly to work. And I probably should, I definitely should have called in sick. Like, I should have called in sick. But I got there kind of late, of course, later. And I would work with patients. I would work directly with patients. And it was retail, too. So I was doing kind of both and uh, doing sort of the, I guess, um, anyway. When I would talk to patients, it's always the same kind of, spiel it's like almost like a script that you have almost like a stand-up comedy routine that you hear comics if they're on the road they're gonna have a lot of the same jokes and a lot of the same rhythm to their, their set or bands have the same set list and stuff so you have your sales pitch and you kind of work with that and you know, you talk to people and you say like, hey, how's it going? Hey, how are you? That's you. Yeah. In Utah, you say, hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? And I don't think I even told anyone. I told my boss and everything at the time, um, but I didn't tell any of the patients or any of the customers because it's like, how's it going? How's your day going? How's your morning going? How's your afternoon going? How's your day? And I was just like, yeah, let me just be totally depressing and be like, well, I saw someone get hit by a train this morning, and so I'm not really happy. I'm kind of down about it. You want to buy these? You wanna... It's like, it doesn't work like that. So I just remember being like, trying extra hard to not talk about it and totally fake, happy face, everything's fine. But it, yeah, I think it did kind of mess me up a little bit there for a couple weeks and I remember thinking like is there any kind of uh, program that UTA offers or the Utah Transit Authority or something like I can get some some help with this so I think I started drinking pretty heavy there for a minute started lashing out um yeah man oh dear but I remember thinking like the poor driver and then me of course was like exposed to it and doctors probably desensitized to it all so the the main thing that i was i was thinking was like could have there could there have been a way that he committed suicide without affecting so many people's lives because the driver the operator of the train who knows if he was how affected he was but for me I, I just remember always thinking could could there have been a way that you do what you did and not traumatize others but the way that he was in midair like he was probably killed pretty quickly like instantly and He looked so peaceful, man. And he was much older. He wasn't like, I guess not too old. He must have been like probably 70-ish. Uh, gray hair and stuff. But man, 
What a depressing episode. What a depressing segment here. I was saying I don't care and I don't care what happens to me. I don't care. I just made me think of think of that. And then of course the train. Um, and it reminded me of the. I think Protest the Hero came out with their album Skurilis. Skurilis. They came out with the album Skurilis right at that time too. And the first song. Um, yeah, so Protest the Hero had that album, Skurilis, and the first song is called Say La Vie, and the lyrics were like, I don't know, like step, I don't know, it's uh, talking about making the train run 15 minutes late. Oh, what a price to pay, the trains are 15 minutes late. And there's more to the song, of course. But it was like, the song i could totally relate to it someone who just steps onto the tracks or stepped off a building or, or jumped off of and and like the only impact that it was not that i don't i don't know if they're trying to make an impact but it's just like oh the train's just run 15 minutes late and then swept it up and they're gone it's done and that's it that's like the remnants not that it should be memorialized or anything i don't i don't know i, just, I remember that song and I'm really into it. I really could relate to it and just a few sleepless nights there just for some reason. Um, kind of panic attack. I would, it was um, later on when the nights would get really cold. Um, I'd have to open the window and like breathe out of the window to get fresh air and in the, in the winter time. It's not raining anymore. I don't think it's fair to expose others, train passengers or people passing by. It's not, I don't think it's fair to expose them to something that I mean, you're kind of, you're gonna do. However, that seemed very effective at taking his life. I mean, I always say, if you guys Take the first three feet. I'll take the next three feet. Just do it. Just promise to do it fast. And I know where some deer bones are and stuff. But yeah, it's. I would prefer for it to be quick and painless, right? I don't want to get tortured to death. I don't know. Would you call it courage? Or you, you have to. Yeah, you have to be pretty set on on doing something like that. To, it's. Uh, yeah, it's, I guess it's it's a tragic. Story, and who knows what what drove him to to do that? But the news didn't really cover it, and that you know that's a pretty good indication of what his intentions were. If he had uh, anyone, anyone. What do you say? What do you say we get into one of these? More Coors Light. What do you say we get into one of these? Hey, Bling. What do you say we get into one of these Coors Lights? I'm just gonna open that up. Bling, why don't you go ahead and get Bling, why don't you go ahead and run away from more of your problems and not be not be not be a real man and take them head on. Be a real man and acknowledge. Oh man, I wonder sometimes about um my family history and 
if anyway well i probably should have brought it with me but i didn't my uh, great 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 grandfather james roberts hall he came from england to the united states and eventually made it to, to here to utah to salt lake city and he passed away by drowning he fell into the river and i i wonder about that i wonder a lot about that because the dates and everything when he passed away when he when he drowned it was kind of around the anniversary of his wife's passing and he had just gone to the salt lake city temple that night and fell into city creek you know i'll have to read it to you in a in another episode i'm meaning to read out of it because there's a lot of um strange references but it, it happened all the way in like 18 it must have been 1860 something i think could have been 1870 even but he's talking about like the same issues almost uh, that politically that, that are happening today it's if you believe in cycles and phases then or at least don't have to believe in them but just have some curiosity about them i don't know maybe it's it's time for it's kind of a rerun but lately for me i i feel totally hopeless helpless i feel like it's a, this is you know like this is it it's over that <laughs> i I quit. I give up. You, know, you got you guys win. Um, that's how I feel lately. And especially today, I'm pretty sure I got that eviction letter notice or some sort of inquiry. Unless it, hey, unless it's a check. Maybe it's a check from the city. It's like hey, we're doing a great job, Blank. Keep it up. Here's a check. No questions asked. Here you go. Great. Cool. All right get caught up let's get our back on our feet here now i took the computer down last night and my monitors and everything and you know, it's kind of a long night and just kind of sad about it but it's happening it's i, I did it i sure did and it, it seems surreal and every time i walk into the studio now it's kind of it's it's empty mostly and it just looks different because the, the monitors aren't there and I remember bringing that desk up when I yeah I, I carried that desk up by myself up those stairs and I remember I almost dropped it I was like trying to get it and this guy's like you, you need some help and I was like no I got it you sure yeah, yeah, I got it. Did I tell you guys about this? And for a second there, it was like... The desk was like... Pinned against my neck up the side. Like, oh, help, help, help. Ah, ah. I'm going to die bringing that desk up. There's no way I can do it now. After getting sick in January, Omicron... I think it was Omicron. It said it was negative. 
But I'm just barely getting my smell back now, I think, and the taste has kind of been, you know, whatever. But I'm so weak now, and skinny, and frail, and fragile, and bird-like, and feminine, and not a man. I'm not even close to men these days. I'm a shell of a man. But I'd have to have a job first to be a real man. I'd have to get a real job and be a real man. It sucks that I got fired from that one job, but with the law firm, otherwise I probably would have been. And things might have been a lot different if I, I might be able to grow a beard. No, it's, I've been ignoring my emails and it doesn't, it's not going to make a difference at this point. Like, it's done. This is it. And I don't know what I'm going to do. Go to San Jose, yeah, make my way over there. And I'm talking about right now, um, moving from there, where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do. I, I don't know. It was such shit timing for eBay to take my money like that. It was the worst possible time to do that, and yeah, I guess, I guess um, they made a, a friend for life. Really, they they made a best friend here. And I've never been an activist. I've never been too involved with administrative research and law and things like that. Um, it's been kind of interesting digging into it more and more especially administrative law it's somewhat enlightening to a degree but i wonder what what's what's the point here what's the purpose here because i was i i had it i was right there i i I totally had it, man. I did. And now I, I get judgments and I get everything else. And mis uh, people just kind of looking at me like, well, it, he's, he's really telling the truth, the whole story, or what's really going on? Why does he try a little bit harder? And I'd be probably trying really hard if I wasn't so weak and if I was a lot younger. If I was 25 or 30, yeah, I'd probably still be trying to to bounce back or pick up the pieces, but I, I can't do it now, not at this age, and not in this mindset with, with, I started drinking a lot heavier now over the past three months than uh, years prior, than for years, it, it had been years, a couple years at least, and then years before that, and here and there, but man, I don't know what's going to happen, and the uncertainty, the anxiety, it, it's certainly getting to me. I just, I'm still stuck wondering why and what to do and what, what I'm capable of. Um, is it really, really going to make a difference, etc. But I already know, I already know I've made differences in a, in a few lives. And that does make me kind of appreciative of my efforts. It really does. There's a woman that I talk about pretty frequently. She lives, she's downtown, but she doesn't have a home. She's totally homeless. There's no house at all whatsoever, no property. I've learned a lot about, I guess, the nomadic lifestyle of just from her and just from observing her and talking to her and getting to know her a little bit. Um, 
I gave her these all of her people's sunglasses. And I didn't know if she'd like them or not, or if she'd wear them, or if, she, if it was a stupid idea or whatnot. But glass lenses, uh, the back of the lens has anti-reflective coating on it. And then the front lenses have a flash mirror coating on it too. And they're kind of goldish silver. They're, they're pretty cool sunglasses, but they're good for like glare, like really good for glare. And they're polarized. And so I remember thinking if she's outside all, all the time and it's the summertime, like she needs to protect her eyes. And so I was like, let's yeah, give her the, give her those sun, those all of her people's sunglasses. And I don't know how much they're worth, what the value is on those, but I'm probably, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. And I see her wearing them all the time now. And like, she, she looks cool in them too. Like they totally, they totally work with, um, how she looks and enhances, like it makes her look like more of a boss. It's cool though, when she's wearing them, like I, every time I see her now, she's wearing them, it's cool. So I know that she likes them and I know that, that at least that made a difference in her life and that makes me feel good. Even yesterday I, I sold those, I, I sold some Tom Browns, two pairs for really, really cheap really cheap man and when I, I ran into the dude when yeah, I was paying doing the exchange he's like I thought this was a total scam I was like what why and he goes because you lowered the price and it was so low and he's like and you're you're asking for like half the payment through cash app and he's like what he's like it was a total scam I was like so how is that a scam and he goes well, you ask for half the payment, I will pay you, and then you delete everything and delete the ad and then you disappear. I was like, really, is that, what, is that how the scams work these days? Or I, don't, I, I have zero intentions of doing that. But I guess if you lower the price too much, if it's too low, people think it's a scam and not gonna buy it. I think it's kind of funny. I think it's um, entertaining in a way. Because these glasses, those Tom Browns that I sold them are probably $500. Um, and I, the other pair I sold them, they're a bit older and kind of, yeah, a little worn out. Still though, they're a silver and gold pair of Tom Browns. And the, the gold one was pretty much brand new, brand new. And yeah, 500 bucks. And I sold them for like 40 bucks. Like, yeah, I need the money. So that's, he thought it was a scam. And, um, when I ran into him, met him and he had this big, like chunk of, what's it called duct tape right in the middle of his glasses that he's wearing now i was like yeah man you need some new glasses it looks like yeah he got hooked up but it's it's like it's not a scam and if you're willing to at least trust somebody then you can get rewarded for it like those glasses are worth a lot more a lot more than what he paid for but it's because he took a chance and because he reached out to me and took a chance. Like, is this real? Is it a scam? Is it not? Like, I, I delivered, a, delivered those glasses to him. I needed the money, dude. And it's just to stay afloat. Like, I'm so desperate. Like, yeah, here, practically free. What, what am I going to do with them anyways? If that letter, I left it at home. I'm going to probably read it tonight and 
I just don't want it to ruin my day. But yeah, if it's a check, then shit. I guess I missed out, huh? I should have read it sooner if it was a if, if it's a check. But I doubt it's a check. A check from the city for being a good citizen, sure. Mm. It's just it's tough, man. After the pan post pandemic dystopia here present, it's. It's really, really just bad timing, and it's unfortunate all around. Because if this would have happened, if I'd been in this situation two or three years ago, it'd just be so different. I'd be able to navigate it a little bit better, especially with, like, friends and networking and having a little bit of a safety net there. But after post-pandemic... Everyone doesn't talk to, uh, I don't talk to as many people at all as I did during and pre-pandemic. Like I just get spit out at the end here. And there's so much effort. There was so much uh, stress and um, work to, to achieve goals and accomplish things and, and do, get my certification again for from the American Board of Opticianry. So much work and so much effort. There's so much effort and stress and tons of effort, man. Like, I, I would not give up. I wouldn't. And then it's just, well, here's your eviction letter and here's there. It's like, nah, man, like, why? And you can't call anyone for help and... two weeks trying to work what was it called um utah community action i think is what it's called utah community action i don't know man i got screwed just sign your homeless tracking release forms and that's that'll be the last thing and we'll just submit your application your paperwork and you'll be all we should be able to get you set up here bling should get you some relief here that was back in june that was like two months ago dude and i was stressing out back then Stressing, stressing out so bad. And then it's just a, after weeks of bullshit, they get this email that says like, oh, sorry, it looks like I made a mistake. You're in the wrong category for, I was like, just get that, man, whatever, whatever. You need to click on this link and fill out this stuff. I was like, yeah, and I did, I did. And I got partway through and I saw the app. Said, under penalty of perjury and I declare and it's like dude I'm not doing this anymore Some something's gonna happen it's gonna come back on me and yeah like I'm not doing this this is a setup or something I'm not doing this anymore not just a setup for me but it's like a setup for individuals who I don't know are alone single don't have any friends uh, they're trying to make it but they can't and then it's just like yep you're done private prison time what am i going to do to argue against it like if it's uh it just seemed really really sketchy really fishy and the fact that i put so much information on on this paperwork only to have it be rejected after it was just it was like a it was like a it was a signal to me 
like, hey, you're not going to do, you're not going to make it here. It's like all this stuff is happening for a reason, it seems like. And I think I mentioned yesterday that the reason why it's happening is just so I have a better understanding of uh, a sub-society and a culture that exists that everyone ignores and everyone forgets about and everyone has discarded. Uh, every, people don't want to acknowledge it. People don't want to look at uh, someone holding a cardboard sign. I don't either, Cause especially like the freeway off ramps and stuff. It's kind of awkward because you just stop there and they got the cardboard sign and yeah, I, don't even, I don't even read them sometimes. But now I have such a better understanding to where I could probably read the sign, get out of my car, give them some cash whenever I get it. But I have such a better understanding of of what they're going through. I don't think it matters if they brought it onto themselves or if they were kicked back into a hole or something. It, it, I don't think that matters. It shouldn't matter. If they were, if they can't stop stealing, and they're always stealing, then yeah, they're probably going to be stuck there. But. If they're given something, if they're if they're given a chance to to redeem themselves, or if they're given resources so they don't have to steal anymore, then they they might be able to emerge from it too. The stigma surrounding junkies and homeless people, drug abusers, it's not it's wrong. It, it really is because. They're stealing because they don't have money. So if they had something, then they probably wouldn't steal. Probably, probably. There's always a chance that they're just addicted to stealing. They can't stop stealing. I just don't think that stealing is the norm for if you're homeless. The reason why you're stealing, or like a kleptomania, I don't think is the norm. The reason why they're stealing is because they need money and they don't have it and they can't get a job and they can't do whatever. Their, their aluminum cans get stolen from Utah Metal Works. Like, it's a tough, tough scene out there. And that, that this is Salt Lake. I, I can only imagine what's like in Phoenix, in Los Angeles, San Diego. Like if it's tough here and the population is what it is here and those, those populations there, Tucson, <clears throat> I bet you Tucson's rough, man. No, Tucson has to be a tough... That's got to be a tough gig to, to, to be a part of and, and try and survive. And Here it's tough too. Here it's extremely hard. And your cans are getting stolen. No one cares. You're all alone. The cops are circling around like vultures waiting to confiscate your belongings. All your, like the last of what you have, the cops are right there, they're ready to take it. Any money, anything, that you're, you're, you're cooked, you're done. At the start all over, go, go to jail, go to prison, get out, start all over again. Like that, that is tough and that is not, you're not gonna have a lot of motivation at that point. You're gonna get a ton of advice from everybody who knows everything. And if you just do what they did, and they don't know the whole story and it's just incredibly frustrating to hear people tell you what to do and 
you've tried it. You've already done it. You did it years ago. You've already tried to do what they've told you to do. You try to get a job. You can't because of your record. You start stealing again. More on your record. Can't get a job. You keep stealing. Like, no one will give to you. How do you emerge from that? How do you overcome it? And how, like, how do you, how do you, how are you a champion after that? And it, you just get stuck in this place, stuck in this hole. Whether you got yourself there or someone else did, you got fake charges from Hanks and Peterson, the cops circling around, they, like, who knows? It, it's, you can't win, you can't. It's a zero-sum game. Yes, it's a zero-sum game. You just, you can't get out of it. it, it you get kicked in this hole, and that's it. Really. I've sold stuff that I've owned for so long, decades. For, for the first time, I've, I'm starting to sell them, and I, I've sold them all off. And I can't get out of this. I can't get out. I think I just got the eviction notice today, and it's like, damn, like I can't do this. And you don't think it's possible. It, it seems, it's surreal at times. Looking at my studio now and all the gear I've sold for so freaking cheap, all the pro audio gear that I've had for years, for years, man, in such good shape too. I, I've taken such good care of it over the years. Oh well, here's your Tom Browns for 40 bucks. Your TB104Cs, here you go. Yeah, here you go. Those look good, yeah. It's shit, dude. It's it's like it pisses me off a lot. Cuz why did I work why did I work for those glasses to why did I work for those guitar amps and those guitars and to achieve things and certified optician? Like why did why did I do any of that if it can just be taken away? If you can just be discarded that quickly? Ask your family for help, ask your friends for help. Some of them come through, some of them don't. It's understandable if, if they can't. But the judgments are still there, man. And, and there's nothing you can do to deny them or admit to them. There's, there's not. There's nothing you can do. You learn about all these stories of prodigal son and in Sunday school Sunday school facades paycheck to validate all the time I spent abroad I served abroad Sunday school facades and this has been happening to me since uh, yeah I guess 2020 two years ago yeah but basically two years ago exactly was I making the best decisions back then? No, probably not. But it wasn't anything super extreme or super, like, um, out of hand, I'd say. I mean, it might have had, a, I don't know, some issues, but I don't know, man. It's uh, There's a lot of stories here to, that are just waiting, waiting to be told. And I'm not sure why I'm 
holding back some of the details entirely, especially in regard to what I've lost recently and with eBay and that bullshit, the depression that I went spiraling into, the hopelessness, the apathy that that I feel at this point, like, I just don't fucking, like, hey, go take it, man. Here you go, take it. If I get money for it, great. If you want it, here you go. Here's some Oliver Peoples freaking sunglasses. My favorite pair of, like, here you go. People are trying to sneak five bucks out of it. Like, it's just like, who cares, man? I don't care anymore. I guess if I can make a difference by helping someone who's can't afford a new pair of glasses. Got a big thing of duct tape in the middle. Yeah, man, here's a good pair of glasses, dude. Here you go. It's like 90% off. Here you go, lady. There's some good sunglasses. It'll protect your eyes a lot better. Yeah, and I, I would not have experienced that. Any of this had I not had eBay not done their dumb shit and had Hanks and Peterson not done their dumb shit, their lies, there's no way. I would have been gone a long time ago. I would have been gone way before April if Hanks and Peterson hadn't uh, decided to do some dumb shit to lie. Billable hours to sell their souls. They sold their souls a long time ago. And that sucks. That sucks. This world, man this life it seems like it's different it's this world this life when i say that it seems like there's something waiting on the other side there's something more pure probably that's more genuine it's more authentic it's not it, it seems like on the other side there's something that's valued your soul is valued it's not so much money to me that's my impression of things right now um, this world is, it's, it's governed by real men who have full-time jobs. It, it's, it's governed by humans. It's, it's governed, governed by a, a system that's not divine. It, it's not holy. It's not pure. How am I supposed to prove that there's something waiting on the other side that's govern better I can't it, it's just an impression that I have and it's something that I've started to feel recently um, enlightened recently toward or awakened to I think if you've listened to this podcast I, I haven't been very religious I've always been mocking things and poking fun I think mostly at the LDS church there's still some respect for it but and just because of my heritage and my own religious beliefs, I guess, that I won't mock it entirely, but there's still, it's, it's there. But I would say quite recently, I've felt the impression that money is here. That's, that's here, money is. After here, it's not money. It's, it's your works, it's your good deeds, it's your, um, uh, 
What's the word I'm thinking of? It's your intentions. It's your spirit. It's your soul. And I'm not trying to say like, oh, they'll get thirds in their afterlife and oh, they'll pay. They'll pay for this. I I don't know if it's even going to be, if it's even like that. Like retribution and punishment and it just seems more of like a uh, more accurate weights and measures. It, there's no value really as far as money goes. It's it's what your intentions are or what your yeah, just what your soul is. I mean, it's really kind of given me a. A readiness or preparation. Um, like I don't care. You you dig the first three feet. I'll dig the the next three. Make it fast. That's all I ask. I wouldn't say I'm seeking it out or or I'm gonna. Run in front of a train anytime soon. That's not at all. But like, yeah, I'm ready. I'll go. I yeah, whenever, whenever. It's fine. It's fine with me. I'm I'm not scared about it. I'm not like terrified at all of it anymore. Um, am I welcoming it? Uh, <laughs> I I'd probably embrace it. I think. I'd probably embrace it, not welcome it, but if it if it happens, yeah, I'm with open arms. Because at my age, everything that all the efforts that I've done, if it's just taken away so quickly and so easily, I'm not gonna put I'm not gonna put any more time into this. Um, it that that's absurd. I I'm not going to do that. Everyone's obsession with money and things and hey guilty i i was there just before all this started happening before it all started unfolding um yeah i was right there with you but realizing how quickly it's taken away how easily it's taken away if, if hanks and peterson can take away your freedoms just based on lies and billable hours then yeah the, i'm not gonna try anymore I'm not going to put any, any effort into this anymore. Because even when I overcome what Hanks and Peterson lied about, I'm kicked back into this hole, like, because of eBay. Um, just a year later. After, after all the efforts for an entire year, it's just like, boop, here you go. Nice try. Yeah, maybe others will continue to try and continue to exhaust themselves through like the, the viruses in the world and vaccines and everything else. Like I'm weak, man. I'm weak. I'll never be a real man. Not at this point. No way. I might have been able to carry that desk up those stairs, but there's no possible way that I'm going to be able to carry that desk down. And that dude, that it. That's rough, man. I like that desk, my workstation. I like it a lot. <laughs> I do. I I feel like 
when I'm in the zone and I, I, I get in there and it's me, it's like I'm one with the desk and the computer and the monitors, like I can, I can cruise, man. But it's almost like a, a companion or like a, like a horse, <laughs> wild west bank robber's horse or something. Like, only, only I can ride this horse. Like, that's my desk. That's my workstation. And it sucks that it's just... Alright, I'll see you later, guy. Good luck. And the desk is probably like, Hey, Bling, where are you going, man? It's like, dude, I can't. I can't do it. But Bling, we've, we've been through this. It's like, I know. I know. You'll be alright. You'll be alright. You're not just gonna leave me here. Like, I can't take you with me. I can't do it.